Yeah, are we started? We're started. Do I hit start? No. Well, let's hit start once I've done the intro. Oh, we'll see if it works out. So. The intro doesn't work at all, it's always too good. Whoa, are you doing double tape? Who knows? Alright. Welcome to episode one of Big Rig Radio, co-hosting with Christopher Mahler and your host, Reese Howden. Chris, how's it going today? Good, man. Yeah. Excited to be on the first ever Big Rig Radio podcast? First ever Big Rig Radio podcast. Here we go. Yeah, let's see uh, see what we can do. We'll have some fun. Yeah, I'm excited. It should be a lot of fun. It's been a long time in the making. Um, you know, I've been thinking about getting all this podcast stuff t- together for quite a few months now. It uh, takes, takes some time. It's not, uh, it's not super simple, that's for sure. Getting Collecting all the mics and recorders and all that stuff, but... Um, Thanks to Carson, showed me what to get, and we're, I think we're set up now. Yeah, you're feeling like you're ready to go? Oh yeah, we're ready to go. <laughs> Alright, well, where do you think we should start off? Well, I think we should just start off kind of like, um, I guess, why, or, and what the reason is for, for doing a podcast. You know, why would some, you know, ski cross racers be interested in even doing one in the first place? And, um... Kind of the, before even a why, I guess you'd say, is uh, who kind of pushed me this way. And, um, you know, like this summer I went down, spent some time with uh, um, Dale Brisby and the guys at Rodeo Time. And that was kind of my first experience in like an actual like podcast studio. And they had all the gear, you know, I think we had like four cameras and stuff like that. Like it was a serious setup and, you know, had a lot of fun. And then also talking with, with, with Dale there about, you know, social media and some stuff that I should be doing. And he was asking, like, you know, he was asking about podcasts. He's like, is there any podcasts in ski cross and really in skiing that you know of? And I know there are some, but when he asked me at the time, I'm like, I couldn't list a single one. And um, so that kind of got me thinking. And, and, um, and he also said, like, you know, it's... Um, some people think they need like almost kind of permission to say, you know, to, to be like, you know, have to have like the legitimacy to be worthwhile listening to. And I don't know if I'm really there yet, but hopefully we can bring people on here who are there. But uh, yeah, so, you know, he pushed me and I just said, you know, I think it's time to, to make that step. And it would be, you know, super cool to to get ski cross out there on the air. Cause to my knowledge, I don't think there's any ski cross podcasts for sure. Yeah. I wouldn't, I, I mean, yeah, if I got asked the question, I don't think I would have an answer either. I don't think there are any. Yeah. And then even we're skiing. I know Aaron Milzinski has been playing around with one, but I'm not sure how in depth she went, but, um, yeah, I'd like to, you know, I think this, was, this could be great for the sport. Could be great for our, our team. Could be great for me. And, um, yeah, hopefully it just stays positive and goes in the right direction. Yeah, for sure. I think, I mean, most of the time we're just goofing around having fun, but I would say every once in a while people have some have some smart things to say. And, 
yeah, I mean, each one of us lives a, a pretty cool life on the road. So sharing that with people, I think will be, will be interesting. Right. So what's, uh, like with, uh, when you went down to Texas and you did the podcast down there, like, what did you, what made you like take that leap to actually, you know, get this equipment and, and, and try it out for yourself? Like, what did you actually really enjoy about, um, going on a podcast? Well, like big part was, it was a lot of fun. Like I really enjoyed it. I thought it was, you know, like we were having a good time. We were laughing. And, um, and then I thought like, you know, when we're hanging out in between races or just traveling on the road and stuff, we're always, you know, talking and, uh, you know, talking smack and stuff like that. And I'm like, you know, might as well record it. Cause if there's a few things where, you know, um, we kind of, we take it for granted what, what we do, but, um, we live pretty, pretty wild lives when you really think about it. And, you know, when I go home, people will remind us of, of that. So, you know, I think, uh, I think it's cool. And, and yeah, but also when I was down there, it really, it brought up, um, things that you didn't really unpack in normal conversations, yeah. which I thought was cool. Um, really getting into, um, either problems or just things that you're passionate about and really break, break, breaking it down. Um, I thought that was interesting and, uh, and it was cool to see everybody else's different perspective. And typically with a podcast too, it's very, I found it was very open. Like nobody's trying to particularly persuade someone else or like over talks someone else. Um, it's pretty open in sharing ideas and things like that. And, um, I really enjoyed that and I figured it was time to, to go that route. Yeah. That sounds cool. I mean, we don't, we don't have a script with this one right now, so we're just kind of seeing where it goes. And I guess that's, is that kind of the model you want to take like into this podcast as big rig radio? Like what's, if if people were like, well, why should I listen to this? What do you think you would say to those people? Like, whether that be a genre or a style or maybe other podcasts that you listen to that you kind of want to mimic in a certain way. Like, what would you say to those people if they're like, well, what's this podcast really about? Yeah, you know, like I don't want to um, to go too niche. Like, I don't want to just like commit to like just ski cross or anything like that, or even just skiing. Like. Um, you know, like lately I've been l listening to um, Jocko a lot, the Jocko podcast. And um, one of the things he's super into is, um, you know, lessons learned and um, discipline and bettering yourself and things like that. And um, I'm not anywhere near as disciplined as that man. But, um, you know, I always want to try and better myself in skiing, better myself in life. And... Um, and I think, uh, and I really enjoyed listening to, to those type of podcasts. And so I'm interested in having, you know, people on that have good life lessons that have been around a while. Like it'd be super great to have like, you know, Dell on here, Brady, Kevin, some of those guys that have been doing it for a long time. And then also just, um, other, you know, coaches and then other people who've been around and have something to share. And, um, I would just like to, you know, tell some stories, um, learn some lessons and, um, pretty much, you know, have a good time and, and, um, give people the opportunity to, uh, to really kind of tell their story before, 
maybe not really before, but like just to tell their story when um, when they're still here and people can really appreciate what they uh, what what they've done. Um, I know this is kind of a bit of a deep dive, but um, you know when you go to like a memorial service of someone, they really break down. You know how 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 great of a person they were and all the amazing things that 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 they did. But typically that doesn't happen when someone's still here. So, you know, just an, an opportunity to, um, to do that and share some stories and, uh, hopefully people will in enjoy it and we can branch out there. But, um, yeah, that's kind of one reason. Let's see where we take it. Well, I guess that's a good, maybe that's a good transition. I mean, people are probably wondering at this point, you know, who's Reese Houghton? What's, what's his story? And maybe that's maybe the first story of the podcast. Why don't we, why don't we dive into that? Maybe you just tell us. A little bit about yourself, kind of where you came from, where you grew up, how you got started in ski cross. I think I think that'd be interesting for people, and and we'll see where that goes. Yeah, I'll start just as as what I am right now, I guess. Um, so I'm a member of the Canadian ski cross team, side with Chris Mahler, and um, been doing that for a few years. But um, yeah, you know, I grew up in British Columbia, Chilliwack, BC. Uh, depending on how good you know the area, Caldas Lake. And, um, yeah, I was skiing when I was two years old. That's probably, I think skiing is probably my farthest back memory of what I can remember is skiing on Hemlock. Um, my dad would go and put me on his shoulders and walk up the mountain and then just let me go and my mom would catch me at the bottom and, uh, yeah, that was kind of how I started skiing and um, grew up with a super um, active lifestyle and stuff like that. You know, um, I, we didn't actually live on Cultus Lake, but we were kind of up against the mountain and stuff. So, and we had a big backyard. So, you know, it was always outside and stuff like that. Um, grew up with a, uh, I have a younger brother, Jesse. He's two years younger than I am. So we were pretty inseparable grow, uh, growing up you know I didn't um, because we were kind of separated from uh, Chilliwack and where we were going to school and stuff I never really I had friends and stuff like that but I didn't spend a whole lot of time with my friends outside of school until I got older so it was just you know me and Jesse in the backyard shooting pellet guns you know doing all kinds of stuff parents kept us in lots of sports so um, we're, we were always busy you know there was never a dull moment whether it was you know playing soccer baseball rugby or skiing or snowmobiling so <laughs> we were always doing something that's that's awesome yeah i mean it's pretty similar to my my upbringing as well i mean i didn't i didn't grow up in bc it was more i was in ontario but we we lived on a big forest and i got two younger brothers as well and yeah same thing sports and yeah started skiing it too just like you and um, yeah, it's just kind of progressed, but what's, uh, I guess, yeah, like what's, how did the skiing kind of take over in terms of the sport that you really wanted to pursue as opposed to some of those other ones? Honestly, I think the biggest reason that skiing took over is because it was just, um, it was so demanding. It, de it like needed the time. Mm -hmm. And, um, and also at the time that I was kind of making a little bit more of a commitment or a little bit more of a switch to, to, to skiing. I was pretty hev heavily involved in, in baseball. 
and um, you know I was playing on the rep teams and and, and stuff like that and I was I was good and um, I had a I had a growth spurt and in uh, I guess it was probably <clears throat> grade nine okay. and what happened was my SI joints my hips there had huge spacing and I couldn't swing a baseball bat but I could ski and so I couldn't jump I could barely run couldn't swing and I was in pain all the time but when I was skiing I was okay so that was so that was kind of like you know if it didn't hurt it was a lot more fun yeah fair enough it was a saving grace that's kind of, that's interesting man i mean that's i guess that's what's so cool about like you say the, the podcast like this is like i've been traveling with you now for what like probably upwards of five years on the circuit i had no idea you you were you know high level baseball player so yeah it's cool it's, it's cool that we get to dive into this stuff at a deeper level like you were saying but um i guess yeah, i can continue on that point uh do, was that was that progression that you saw like most of us in Alpine or did you kind of take that directly into ski cross? Like what was the transition there? Yeah. So like I was, I was a pretty strong Alpine skier when I was a kid. And then, um, and then when I had that growth spurt, um, just kind of started to struggle, lost my, you know, coordination and, um, just kind of missed a bit of a, a key time when I was supposed to learn to to really understand you know GS skiing and stuff like that and uh, for whatever reason I just didn't really pick it up um wasn't very good at turning <laughs> but uh but I was getting big so um so I wasn't great at tur at uh, GS my slalom was decent um but I was still struggling and uh so what I did is once I finished um U16, instead of going directly to FIS, I chose to hang around and do uh, U18 where I was, I would train with the Apex Ski Club and um, and then I went to a couple FIS, uh, FIS races also with the Okanagan team, but I wasn't a, a full member of the Okanagan team. And so that kind of gave me, you know, it was just a little bit of a less commitment um, you know, I was still finishing school and, um, and it was just a little bit, yeah, basically just less of a commitment because like fists, if you, uh, for those people who don't know, um, once you turn 17, 16 years old, you basically stop going to school and you're racing and training all winter, you know, like, um, a couple guys on the team there, Gavin, Rowell and Carson Cook, they all went through that progression in you too Chris I'm sure but like Gavin you know he moved from Prince George to the Okanagan just to be on the Okanagan fist team right so it was like basically like a billet and um so it was a big a, a big step that I wasn't willing to take at, at the time you know maybe some of the reasons were because of that pain and and um you know things weren't really working out in the alpine side uh but uh, during that year I got exposed to to ski cross, and also kind of I got exposed to to speed races, um, super G and some some downhill. But um, and um, and going into the ski cross, so what happened was we were there's a race at Sun Peaks, and um, the uh, the development team was there training and they had a start and stuff. Um, 
and I had always been interested in 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 ski cross. You know, I grew up um, racing BMX at a pretty high level when I was young too. Um, went to the Worlds when I was, I think, ten, uh, 10 years old in Victoria. And uh, so I was um, very familiar with racing head-to-head. Yeah. And um, <clears throat> so when I hopped on and did ski cross, you know, it was, I was having a, a lot of fun. And I had always done well in uh, in head-to-head ski races, like dual slaloms and stuff like that. Like I would, like if there was a group of guys, I would be 10th, like constantly in, um, in uh, like the zone races and, and stuff like that when, when it was timed. And then you put me in like a, a slalom and I was competing for first every time. Really? Yeah. Like I could beat the guys and then, and I had no, and I was not even touching them with timed. But when you put me in that head, head to head in an environment, I don't know, switch just kind of switched and I just did whatever I had to do to, to be there. So, um, when I did ski cross, like I said, it just came really natural. Um, and, uh, yeah, met all the guys there at, uh, met said he was one of the, he was the coach at, at, at the time. And, um, and I remember it was Kevin Jury's first year on, uh, with the d- development team and stuff. And he came and raced the, uh, the Alpine race there and absolutely yeah, crushed I, I, everybody. I, I was there. I think I actually, I think I would have been there. I remember cause we did have an Alpine race, but we hadn't skied like gates in so long and it was just ridiculous and i remember actually when my one of my old alpine coaches was there and he was just laughing at me at the end of the day <laughs> so they are different sports but they do go hand in hand like you say right but sometimes the head-to-head it just yeah just something clicks and you can you can turn on a different different set of um, instinctual powers i guess or something like that it's uh, i mean that's yeah that's what sets it apart which is really cool um, where did you, so like now you're on ski cross, you'd kind of, did you, did you change your mindset? <clears throat> Cause obviously when you started with the development team, not obviously, but potentially there was the opportunity to also ski at a pretty high level, you know, spending a lot of time on the road. Um, I knew I was at the time, like it was a pretty big commitment once I decided to go to ski cross, um, that same year. Like, did you decide at that point, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to try and make a go of this or like, was it kind of progression over time or what did that look like from a mindset? Yeah. So my, uh, my transfer to ski cross was extremely gradual. Um, so like, uh, that first exposure there after that, I didn't really touch ski cross until the next year. Yeah. And the next year was 2016. And they had the Youth Olympic Games in Lillehammer, Norway. And again, you know, I was str- I was struggling with um, with Alpine. I was doing good in I was doing good in speed, but um, I there they were only taking uh, athletes from GS and slalom results to go to the Youth Olympic Games, and I was not in the running. So. Um, so I went and I tried out for ski cross and I think I actually got uh, contacted by, by said there. And he said, you got to come and try out for the youth, the youth Olympic games team. And it was also at sun peaks. And so, um, so I went there, um, yeah, skied really well. Um, and, uh, was selected on to go to the youth Olympic games. And that was huge. Um, got to go with, uh, 
with one of my really good buddies, Ryan Moffat. He was on the Alpine team for Canada, and um, yeah, went there, had a blast. It was my uh, first time to uh, to Europe, or first time to cross the pond, and um, yeah, it was wild, really wild experience. And like you know, now now that I've been to the, the real Olympics and stuff like that, and I can compare like they put on a really good show. Like it was really good and um i had a great time um and then when the race came along i was skiing really well i ended up uh winning so i have a youth olympic games gold medal and ever since then um that was kind of my ticket to the to the national team ever, ever since then i've been a, a carded funded at athlete on the Canadian ski cross team and that was huge you know when you're 16 years old and you're starting to get paid or paid for your sport like it's not much like I think it was about seven grand but it, it felt like felt like I was an absolute rock star right no definitely <laughs> I remember I remember the first time you know that that carding money came in it's uh it's yeah it's definitely it's definitely a life-changing moment when you when you see a paycheck for something you've worked your entire life for and up until that point, it was basically just a hobby, right? Yeah. So, uh, yeah, definitely, I remember, I remember that moment for sure. And it's uh, you have a choice at that at that time too, right? It's kind of like, wow, now now I got to put the work in. Now now someone's expecting me to be there, so there there comes some responsibility with it as well. But it's it's one heck of a ride. It's a lot of fun, right? Mm -hmm. So, what uh, what were the you know like you said. You've been now to the Youth Olympic Games. You have the gold medal there. You've been to the Olympic Games, you know, arguably like the biggest race uh, on the world stage for any amateur athlete. And obviously the Youth Olympic Games for you was like quite highly touted. What, uh, what were, what were kind of like the, the highlighting points or what made one better than the other for you? Um, yeah, like the Youth Olympic Games was just like out of body experience. Like I had never experienced a event of that mag uh, magnitude at all. You know, like it was, it was wild, you know, going from just being some kid that was going to high, going to high school, playing sports on the school team and then racing. And then you go and they give you this full, you know, Team Canada kit and you show up there and it's you and 250 other athletes and it makes it it's a it's like instant team instant you have a team of 250 other at canadian athletes mm -hmm. that um that wants you to do well and you them and um yeah it was crazy just really just opened up the door to um you know being being a part of something bigger than yourself and um yeah, just, yeah, it was just, it was something that I didn't never really knew was, it was, it, it was a, uh, experience that I didn't think really existed. Um, I had, I never grew up, you know, really, uh, watching sports. Um, we never had cable or TV when I was a kid and, um, never watched sports, never really watched the Olympics. I think we watched Vancouver a little bit, but just on TV. So I had, you know, the, all the experiences in sports that I had were my own from my own, you know, events and races and stuff like that. So this was just like out of this world, like the opening ceremonies and everything. They had guys, you know, 
parachuting in with skis and it was just absolutely <laughs> ridiculous absolutely ridiculous and um yeah that was that was huge and actually it was funny because like the that wasn't like the turning point for me for ski cross really? like um like i was on the team there and stuff like that but i i was still um I was still competing in a lot of alpine races and um and so what happened after that that year i moved to calgary because we had a bit of a centralized uh program for the ski cross team and i also wanted to to go to school or or actually what i wanted to do is i i went back to high school and got a couple more courses done so i had already grad graduated but you know though those of us that have been through skiing we all know that we uh we usually graduate by the skin of our teeth, yeah. right? So um, I went back and did, um, you know, Bio 12 and Chem 11 and Chem 12. And I, I, I just wanted to give myself the opportunity to kind of do anything. And, um, and Ski Cross was super, super supportive in, in schooling, especially when I was younger. Um, and then, and they still are now, we just, lots of the, Athletes have already almost done their schooling. You know, we have a bit of an older group now, but um, yeah, they were super supportive. They didn't push me to, you know, I I I was very fortunate because I never had expectations for results coming from me because I was so young. You know, like when I was on the team, I was three years younger than the next guy, and the next guy was twenty. <laughs> right, so. Um, no expectations. And so they were just like, you know, go set yourself up, come to Calgary. You can train, you can train with us. You can, um, train with the Alberta team too. So I would, um, go to like, uh, speed races with the Alberta team. And, um, so like I, you know, won a couple fist downhills and stuff like that and got to the opportunity to, um, forerun at the Lake Louise downhill a couple times. That was a lot of fun. Cool. Um, did pretty well in the NORAM there and, um, you know, I had like, I had potential in, in speed for sure. Just, um, at, at the time they weren't really, uh, they weren't really looking for it, but, um, but ski cross was very interested. So, so yeah, so I finished up that schooling, um, came back to Calgary the next year and started a, uh, um, started, uh, post-secondary school at uh, SATE, uh, which is basically like um, a tech school. And um, I went into geomatics engineering technology, which is land surveying. And the um, re reason for that is my dad is in that business. And um, I'd always kind of been interested and I'd worked with him in the past and really enjoyed the work that he was doing. And it also, it didn't close any doors. It only opened doors. Like I could have went into any engineering field right now and um, I can work anywhere. You know, the people always, like every time that anything is getting built, it gets surveyed first. Mm -hmm. So, um, potential is huge and uh, and I always wanted um, to be able to have something to fall back on whether I was injured or not or finished skiing uh, I wanted to get my sc schooling done when I was young so I wouldn't be doing it when I was older mm -hmm. and um, and it worked out really well for me that's sweet man I mean it's crazy it's it's so cool to like hear different people's stories about how they kind of like came to be on this team because now we kind of operate as 
you know, as equals and as and as uh, as teammates, right? And but it's so crazy to hear the different stories as people came up through the ranks and in different ways. You know, some very fast, others like you kind of took their time, developed their schooling, and yeah, it's 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 so interesting to hear. And I, I, again, I think this podcast would be really cool for that to dive into kind of those stories. So I guess like to kind of transition, we've talked now about a lot about your past. What what keeps you going? What what are you looking for next? What's the what's the goal down the road for you within ski cross? Yeah, you know, um, that's definitely a question that I try to continually ask myself. You know, because it always seems to change, right? Um, you know, right now, um, you know, in twenty twenty one, I had a lot of, of success. Um, it was kind of my first year on the cir- circuit there, and the stars all seemed to align for me. And um, you know, won a lot of World Cup races, and uh, came back with the the Crystal Globe. And I would really like to do that again a couple times. <laughs> there we but, go. Um, That's the goal, then. Crystal yeah. Globe, another yeah, one. For all sure. right. But like you know, at the end of the day, I just I love competing, whether it's ski cross or rugby or baseball or football you know like um i could have fallen into any of those sports and been happy you know um i love skiing for sure i love it but um but i'm a competitor that's what i want to do i love to push myself i love to to gauge myself against others and i love to try and win and um you know it's uh ski cross just happened to be something that I fell into and and I ended up being pretty good at it so um yeah I just want to keep competing keep racing and then just trying to win you know that you felt that feeling and it's a it's a drug it's yeah. definitely addictive it's, it's definitely addictive drug. yeah no there's no doubt about that that's uh yeah but that crystal globe for, I mean for the listeners and if you don't know it's arguably like the hardest trophy to win in skiing right in any kind of discipline um to be the best ranked you know athlete at the end of the season so to basically win or be the top ranked athlete the most consistently through each race is is definitely not an easy task specifically in ski cross when you have so many different factors potentially affecting the results right you can be maybe the best guy on the course in quality but first round can come around and uh you might not make it through. So yeah. it's, uh, yeah, no, that was a pretty cool year to, to watch you do that and definitely gave some inspiration to not only me, but a lot of other guys. So, you know, you love competition. I'm going to have to give you some because that Crystal Globe is something I'm looking for too. No, for sure. Just, Everybody is. So. Everyone's looking for it, right? You know, that's so. the greatest thing about ski cross is, is how competitive the field is. Like it is, you know, if like, if, if, if you earn something like that, like it did not come easy. You know, it's uh, there's a lot of guys out, out there that have the skills to uh, to win, and um, it uh, it's just a few, you know, a few little thing here, a little thing there, that uh, that really makes or breaks it. And um, yeah, so and also, you know, having a season like last year that was not what I was looking for, but um, but was still uh, I still had some good results and stuff like that, but it was a grind, you know, um, you know, having a couple races where you know you make mistakes or things don't work out, even though you know that there's you have so much more potential and so much more in the tank. But um, 
you know, sometimes you got to grind to those difficult periods and it's a good reminder. It's a good reminder because, um, not everything comes easy and, uh, that's just, it, it was a good reminder for me. Yeah. For it, hum sure. it humbles you for sure. It takes you off that high horse pretty quick after something like that for sure. But yeah, I mean, you said it, it's, that's what I love about the sport. It's, it's the ability to kind of create your own process to try and make that success a possibility. Right. I think that's, what's so cool. And that's what keeps me coming back day after day. It's like trying to be the best, optimizing everything you can in your power to show up every single day that you're asked to and win a race. Like that's, that's awesome. Just like you said, it's, it's a very addictive drug that winning feeling so yeah it's gonna be cool i'm excited for this season I mean, we're sitting here what two just under two weeks out maybe two weeks out from our first world cup race so it's uh i think everyone's looking good and i'm excited to see what we can kind of lay down uh, as a team and as as individuals so it's uh it's gonna be good but i don't want to get too long in the tooth here i know we said we only wanted to keep it around 30 minutes i have no idea what we're at because i didn't start that timer but <laughs> I feel like we had a good time. What do you think? I think we're good. Yeah. I think it's a good time to wrap it up. Wrap it up. Right That's on, nice. man. Thank, Thank you, you so much for having me on. And uh, I'm wishing you lots of success with this season and the podcast. I yeah. think it's uh, it's going to be good. I'm, oh, hopefully I did a good enough job I can come back sometime. No, you did great. You know, thanks for being a part of it. Uh, it's it's, it's, it's going to take more than me. So, um, you know, I'd love to have you back on. And I got a couple other mics too. So we'll, we'll get a few more guys on and... Um, yeah, should be a lot of fun. Perfect. We'll have one of our famous uh, dinnertime debates yep. over the over the mic. So, <laughs> beauty, man, I appreciate it. Thank you so much. <laughs>